Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up? This is Nina Perez, and this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Thank you so much for being here. I created this show for you, finding the best humans on the planet to grow, challenge, and transform your thinking. Let's do this. I want to introduce you to someone here that I hope I don't butcher his name too badly, um, but it's uh, Simon Osama. Is that right? That is very close, Osamo. So I'll give you the American American pronunciation. I'll give you that, Nina. (laughs) Okay, great. He is an author. He's a podcaster. He's a safety expert and a speaker, a mindset. He does podcast coaching and the host of Who I Became. It's a podcast encouraging you to live a life of significance. And he believes that adversity is a gift. I believe that as well. And Simon now coaches young men to never give up. Simon, you have a lot of stuff going on, right? because yeah, I mean, you're, you're a podcaster, you're a safety expert, you're a speaker, you're a mindset, you're a podcast coach. I mean, I love it because it keeps you, uh, it keeps you growing, right? It just keeps you challenging yourself and growing and pushing yourself to be somebody better. So thank you for taking the time to be here today. I appreciate you. Well, no, it's a pleasure to be here. And I must say, as podcast names go, yours is incredible. I like it. No added sugar. <laughs> that is a great name for podcast. So thank I'm excited you. for this conversation today. I really am looking forward to it. Me too. And so the way I like to always start my show um, is just, I always give us a, a small snippet of who you are, but I'd like to know a little bit more. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll try and cut it brief because for a quite a young man, I sound still quite young. I, I've had a lot of stuff go on in my life, but um, I'll tell for your audience that I'm uh, British, now living in America. I've been in the US for 10 years. Actually, I'm just in the final stages of getting my American citizenship. So if there's any listeners out ah. there who want to help me with that test, please reach out to me. There's, <laughs> there's like 100 questions I've got to get 10 no. right. So I'm a little bit nervous, a little bit nervous. Um, so I moved here 10, 10 years ago. Uh, my background in the UK was organized crime, sort of um, counterterrorism a little bit, and sort of a lot of covert operations in the police. Mm. Um, mm. And moved here after serving just sort of um, just short of fourteen years, I think it was that I that I served. But my background really goes 
back a little bit before my police career, but my mum is white English, my dad is Nigerian, and part of my journey is that I've never met my father. Mm. Um, my mum never remarried, she raised me and my two sisters. She went on to foster sort of over 30 um, uh, children to sort of um, wow. help bring in income, and I've got two younger adopted brothers I'll just say they're adopted just for reference really so sort of I was the youngest and then I became the middle so I have the best of both worlds I'm no right. longer that young kid um but you know during that time sort of growing up you know there was a lot of adversity I was born to a you know mixed race uh, couple um absent father living in sort of um, a very poor um uh, sort of humble backgrounds we were a happy family but very very humble uh, and very much living in a white middle class area so my views and opinions might be very different than some sort of African-Americans over here from their experiences. Most of my experiences growing up were, were, were quite good and I've never considered myself a victim. When other people have put, it, put the sort of victim good label on me, that's not mm-hmm. something that I really, really recognised. And, you know, I sort of moved here to the US. My, my wife is American, that's what brought a, a, a foreign man here. Generally, when you see a man in a foreign land, it's because there's a woman somewhere. <laughs> behind it right yeah funny Uh, and and from that I sort of drifted um I've always been quite intentional in the things that I've done but I ended up being the head of counterterrorism at Mall of America so your American audience might know of Mall of America is one of the Mm -hmm. largest entertainment and retail companies like seven million square feet now something like that you know a very large uh, terrorism target a lot of safety and security goes into making sure everyone stays um safe there and from there so drifted into risk management and more recently i'm a, a believer a man of faith um i've drifted into helping non-profits around safety and security just by chance really i believe it or not i'd come back from presenting at disney to a large sports conference um 300 people sort of flagship all expense paid and uh, a friend said one night can you come and talk to my church on safety and security and i said well i, I can do i've never really put the two together and I went there one Wednesday night. I don't believe they really understood my accent. You know, I think they were struggling with the accent, but they said it sounded good. Um, and I just gave them some, some basic tips on safety and security. And I came away realizing there's so much risk, which isn't really managed effectively in nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've sort of made it my mission in the sort of preceding eight, nine years to, to help nonprofits around risk management. As you said, I've written a couple of books on the on the subject so there's there's so many different nuances to sort of who I am and most recently I developed my podcast who I became because clearly you can hear from my background I've always been fascinated with how people became who they became um, and mm. so I focus on self-discoveries transformations uh, and sort of life pivots and I just love to talk to my guests and understand you know how, how they got there we often see the end result and that's what the world judges us on you know, and some people look at me and say, well, Simon, you're successful. You've done these things. Well, hang on. There's, there's a lot of um, lot of adversity. There's a lot of things I have to get to to where I am. So I really like okay. to unpack people's personal journeys because I believe that we all learn through stories. So as much as I yeah. can, you know, that is my life in four minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's fantastic. And I'm, I'm the same way. I love to unpack people's lives and stories. I think there's just so much more than just the, the, the covering that we give, right? I mean, there's so many nuances to everything you said. I, you know, let's start a little bit from where you started. So you, you didn't know your father. So your father was absent from your life and your mom never remarried. So how was that for you growing up, especially not having like that father? Or did you have a father figure? Maybe you had uncles yeah. or cousins or no, something. No. And, and so here's the interesting thing there, there was um 
you know, a lot of estrogen in, in the household, but not much testosterone. You know, my mum has sisters, you know, she, um, um, there, there's no uncle, so there wasn't too much of a male um, figure in my life. And, and it's been interesting on that because, uh, you know, sharing some uh, personal journey, you know, so I've never met my, my father and I made a decision when I was 13, 14. Um, there's been a lot of hurt and pain in my family, but mm-hmm. I sort of um, chose not to ask my mum any details around it because I know that she had a very hard time um, in that relationship. Uh, and um, in later years, I'm 43 now, you know, my mum and myself, um, just by text message, because it's still difficult, you know, we've opened up a little bit about, you know, the modern way to communicate, isn't it, by text I, message. You know, right. and she sort of said, you know, I'm sorry, but you didn't have a sort of a father figure in your life. And I said, mum, you know, I said, that's okay. That's sometimes how things work out, but it's, mm-hmm. what do I do with that going forward? So there has been clear times in my life when I've wanted that, you know, seeing people, at soccer games, you know, slash football games in England where their father's there cheering them on. And I've never had that, you know, I've never had that person sort of champion, um, champion for me. But it was a significant time in my life where um, I joined the police at 19, became a detective in 2002, 2003, I think it was. So I was a very young detective. I was yeah, very young. 20, 22, 23 years old, very different than here in the US. And there was a key time when I'd applied for a position in the police. And the chief of police, if you like, um, had to sign off your application. I wanted to sort of join the firearms team. And the chief of police, uh, English equivalent, wasn't in the station that day, so he couldn't sign off my application. And there was another senior leader, then watch his English sort of murder mysteries with Detective Chief Superintendent, which is also a very high-ranking police officer. Um, my application for the firearms team landed on um, his desk, and that gentleman was called Melvin Young. And um, I was off site at the time outside the police station. He called me and said, hey, you know, before you leave, can you come back in to the police station? I said, well, yeah, I'm doing a few things. You know, so maybe I can, you know, have you signed off my application for the firearms team? And um, I did go in and see him. He said, Simon, you know, I can sign this off um, for you with my blessing. I think you're a very strong candidate. But have you ever considered being a detective? And I said, well, you know, sort of, not really, this is a path that I want to sort of go down and sort of, you know, dismissed it. He signed up my application. And then a, a sort of a senior leader in between, uh, a chief inspector, a couple of weeks later, he said, Simon, have you submitted your application for um, being a detective? And I said, well, no, sir, that, you know, that with respect, sir, as in I'm not listening to you. You know, I sort of right, said right. that, you know, <laughs> with respect, sir, you know, I want to go in a different direction. He said, Simon, you know, you, you didn't understand what he was saying. He wasn't asking you. He was telling you. Um, and, and I did go on to apply to become a detective and naturally, you know, I got through that process and it was a really, it was a key moment in my time, Nina, because never had a, uh, a sort of a father, never having a male role model. What I look back on now is that Melvin Young, I start giving him more credit um, than what I've um, ever really understood before, because he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. Um, and so there's been a lot of learning, a lot of self-discovery myself in that phase of my life. Um, and I now try to take that teaching and learning and then pay it forward. So um, I can't help but uh, speak up if I see a young man going down a wrong path, making mm-hmm. a wrong decision, because you know, sometimes you need someone in your life that can either see something in you or, or be your be your champion. That, that is part of a role of, of a father is to inspire, to lead, to, to guide and stuff so it's um yeah and, and there's been a few people like him since but that was where I really acknowledged um 
what I was lacking and then I've gone on to sort of try and find that in sort of more mature relationships. That's so fantastic. And, you know, I, I want to like touch a little bit on, on uh, do, you have, do you have children yourself? I do. Yeah, I've got two um, sons, eight and 10. Sons, so, you know, I'm, yeah. Always awesome. Yeah. How has that affected you being a dad? Like, have you know, do you feel like, um, did you feel a little scared? Like you wouldn't have the skill set, like when you knew that your wife was having the, the you know, your, your first son? Uh, are they twins? No, right? No, they they're twins? not twins. No, no, okay, no okay. eight and ten so, different ages. Yeah. But, but, but that oh, is yeah, a eight great... to ten, right, right, right. Yeah. So were you afraid? So, were you afraid? Yes, yeah, so, and that's a great question. So um, I've never been afraid. It's allowed me, I think, to rewrite the sort of yeah. rewrite my story. Story. That's one of the, the, the sort of things that I teach, and like, you know, having the ability to rewrite your story and and make a change so here is here's the challenge that I, where i've been faced around that maybe some of your listeners can relate there could be a, a wife who's saying yeah that's my husband or it could be a man listening saying that's me is that because i didn't have a father i had some sort of preconceived ideas as to what it what it meant um and i grew up very humble i've worked hard to get the things that i have in life and it's been times around multiple houses multiple cars because the world sees success as being financial rewards you know we've all fallen in 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 that trap and so what that has made me do is to pull away from my sons because to get those things you've got to work hard you've got to do the long long hours you've got to make good good investments and quite often it's been my wife who's had to sort of pull me back in and say you know hey before you sit down for the day can you just interact or say something to the boys or mm-hmm. you know, when you go to a Home Depot for the listeners in America or, you know, a hardware store for anyone listening to a show outside the US, I'll go and come back. Uh, and my wife will say, well, you know, why didn't you take the boys? I'm like, well, um, do I, do I need to take them? Would they want to want to come? And she said, well, you know, you, you've got to, you've got to teach them. So I think that the challenge has often been because I, because I haven't had that right. guidance or understanding it seems strange, but there's some very simple things that yeah. you don't you don't know. And even I was joking um, with my wife a couple of days about a couple of days ago about this. You know that um, her dad is very very handy, does a lot of stuff around the house. I get my honey do list, right. and, and there's you know sometimes I put things off, I put things off, and it's like there's an element because I'm a man not wanting to do these things, but there's also an element of, Hey, you're moving me outside my skill set. I've never like, you know, um, put drywall up in a house before. I've never done some basic electrics and stuff. You know, and my mom did an amazing job in pushing me out into the world. You know, she was a, a father um, and she was a mother, but there, there's just those nuances um, mm-hmm. across my life in general, where it's just like, well, I've never done, never done those, those things. Right. So um, yes, yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I mean, it's a, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad that you brought up like such simple tasks too, because I think a lot of people do not realize um, that it is important to do those things because I think we get caught up in our own head, right? About providing, like you said, you needed to provide, you need to invest, you need to work. And, you know, there's two things. So it's, it's always difficult when a father is not like you never met him, he's not in your life. And it's also difficult if your father lives with you and it's not present. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. So, um, so you don't want to become that guy, 
right? Yes. Nobody wants yep. to be that person. Um, I didn't have a father either. He didn't even claim me at birth. And, you know, he came uh, around, I think, once in a blue moon. So it's whatever. Um, but yeah. but you're right. There is an element that still misses, even though um, people around us that love us try to fill up that void. There still is a little bit of a void, right? So um, I think it's important that you do do fun things. Be goofy. You know what I'm saying? Like, be goofy, be fun. And because remember, those moments are going to flee. They're not going to be here forever. They go by super fast, Simon. You blink mm -hmm. your eye. Your boys are grown. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah. like, yeah. make them all count. You know, make every single moment of it count. And then you can really catch up to whatever it is you want to do later. You yeah, know? no, it is very true. Uh, you know, and always experiences as well often say, you know, adversity is a gift. And I know you say it that is. as well is that. Yeah, it does change your mindset. You have to take the blessings for it. And you're absolutely right. And my mom said that to me recently. You know, she said, Simon, look at the things that you've achieved. You've right. done this from people that have a stable family environment. You know, most things in life are a, it is a, it's all a mindset. It really, mm -hmm. it really is all mm -hmm. a mindset. There's, there's some people, I learned very early on, but there's some people that see the end goal and there's some people that see the things that stand in their way. You know, all I ever see is the end goal. There's lots of people that see barriers and like, oh, I can't do this because I haven't got a do degree. We're going to get a degree. You know, I can't right. do this because I don't have a car. We'll get get two, three jobs, you know, buy, buy a car. I always okay. just see the end goal. I don't see the barriers that stand away. And it's okay if people do, but, you know, to be successful and have a fulfilled life, you've got to see the end goal and remove those barriers because... I'm a great believer, you know, you can achieve most things in life that you really put your heart and soul to. You can't necessarily, you know, I can never be Nina, I can never be anyone else. I can only be the best version of myself. And when you stop right. comparing yourself to others, that's also very freeing as well. It really is. And that's funny you mentioned that. I was talking about that just earlier today with another uh, person I was interviewing. And we were talking about comparison and how hard it is right now too because i think uh us as uh, coaches and people that are trying to pour into others and building our empire and our business right um there is a tendency to want to look at what the other person is doing mm -hmm. and there is a tendency to see how they advertise and how are they doing and how big they are and why does this person have you know 52 million followers and i have a few thousand like what's up with that right and so it's very easy to get to do that. So I decided about uh, maybe about two years ago that I will not look at the numbers anymore. So I don't, mm. I, I literally do not. I don't know how many people follow me, how many people don't. I don't know how many podcast. I know because I'm a podcast coach. He knows yeah. I have quite a few thousand downloads. I don't know that. I, yes. I don't, yeah. you know, um, and I think it's just, you know, important to, to do that. Now I will say that I had to check myself too, because I got so into the podcasting and doing, um, you know, the coaching and everything that I'm doing. Plus, I have a full-time job. I'm a director of culinary operations, right? So I have all this stuff going on. And I realized that I was pouring more into my guests and into the my 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 um, clients and stuff than I was into my own family. And I had to check myself yeah. on that. I had to check myself, you know? Yeah. You realize there's something missing. Yeah. Yeah, you do. I mean, you know, finding balance is really um, key. And and here's one thing I often say, you know, um, don't often... Well, don't seek success seek to be a person of value and, and yes. particularly around podcasts and everything's like you know because how do you determine success here's one thing that i have learned i've got a few friends very high net worth very successful you know multi multi-millionaires 
um, some even in the sports world. And, and no matter what goal they have, there's another goal. There's another goal and there's another goal. And we're all like that, you know. Um, yeah. Success is something which is often ongoing. And it's how do you define success? Because you want one house, then you want a holiday home. When you've got a yeah. holiday home, then you want, a, you, you want another one. So on my podcast, I think I was seven episodes in. I, I interviewed a guy and he was talking about his marriage, going for a, a tough time mentioned that he had battled sort of pornography and he sort of destroyed his sort of uh, marriage and he was really hesitant as to whether he should share it Nina and then we spoke offline so you know look, if you don't want me to air the episode I'm going to respect your wishes you know but right. I think there's a there's a message in there for what a lot of people are um, are struggling with and then we aired the episode and then the following day after the episode came out and this was this was my seventh episode I think it I think it was seventh or eighth I had an email so I'm a Brit living in America, an interviewed a gentleman in Colorado, had an email from a guy in New Zealand. And he said that I am like your guest. He said, I have battled pornography. He said, it's tearing havoc in my marriage. He said, I was about to walk out the door and say goodbye to my wife and kids and not return. And he said, I listened to your podcast. Wow. And he said, it inspired me to turn around. Wow. And it's like, you know, if I do nothing else, and I'm getting goosebumps sharing that story now. Wow. If I do nothing else with my podcast, that is, you know, a change in someone else's yeah. life. And, and, and if you measure my podcast or any podcast or any business or personal achievement by success, you're only ever going to be disappointed. I mean, that touched someone, you know, so adding right. value into someone is, is far greater. So similar to you, I don't care about one download too. I mean, I'll always remember that. That was a key oh, message yeah. to me. Uh, that changed, yeah. someone's, changed someone's life. And that, not just changed someone's life, you changed a family's life. There's a big difference, mm. right? Yes. Now think about that episode not coming out, him leaving his family, right? Now you're having children that are destroyed, right? Children mm. that are hurting, a, a wife that is hurting, a man that doesn't know if he can get out of this situation. So think about that. It's not just that one guy. He, it yeah. just changed the trajectory of his whole family. That's yes, it's true. huge, yeah. huge, yeah. right? huge and and that's what i think that's why simon that's why we do what we do right this is why yeah. we're getting into podcasting we are literally feeling like there's people that we have to touch lives that we have to impact and this is the best way to do it is to collaborate you know what i'm saying and and to to speak what uh what we know and well and to speak with people so they can share their lives i mean i love listening to people's stories it's an amazing yes. thing you know yeah yeah and you touched on earlier about um, comparison with the person you interviewed today. I mean, you know, I think someone once said, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. And it is very true because, you know, it's one of those, like I said, you know, it's never enough. And when you compare yourself to others, you're only ever disappointed. But I think on one of the key significant turning points, you know, in, in my life, there's been a lot of wins, but there's been a lot of losses. And I think my consistent wins, you know, I'm sort of 43 this year, my consistent wins are only really coming from a sole focus on who I am yeah. and being the best version of myself. Because when you right. try to imitate someone else, yeah, and yeah, we all look at the competition. I try to work out what other people are, are doing in podcasting, in business, but I take what they're doing and turn it into my own way because the only yeah. person or the only greatest person that I can be is the greatest version of myself. Right. And I think once you do that, you then focus on, you know, I'm a man of faith and I don't believe that anyone has all the gifts. We've all been given one gift. 
Now, once you focus on, well, what are my strengths? What are my skills? What are my abilities? You know, one thing for me is connection. I can go right. into most sales pitches, you know, instantly get rapport, get connection. Oh, we love Simon. Yeah. Bye, bye, bye. You know, and, and that's one of my, that's one of my gifts. So I don't need to try and be, you know, this big entrepreneurial person, like our friend, Jeff Lopes and anyone else. I just need to be me and play to my strength. And that's it. And once, yeah. once you do that, you know, my success has then come. So, uh, yes, we need to look outwardly as to what other people are doing in business and life to try and inspire and grow us. But you should, I'm a great believer, you need to meet success with admiration. You know, yeah, a lot of my friends yeah. that are successful, I admire what they've done. And that admiration inspires me to action. How can I get better? Do I need to go back to school? Yeah. Have I got to think of an idea? Because if I just try to compare myself with them, then I'm trying to be them. And if you try to be them, you then just blend into background and I don't want to be them. I want to be the best version of, of me. And I think that's where a lot of people fall into that trap. My, my financial rewards, my life of rewards have come when I've tried to be the best version of myself and identified what are my skills and abilities. Like I said, I believe every person has at least one skill. No, no one has all the gifts, even if right, they think right. they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> even if they think they do, that's, that's yeah. a good one. That's true. Um, and, you know, and I also fully, I also believe that even in your gift, you know, make room to grow in that gift. You know, don't think you just got it and you know it all either, because you don't know it all. And it's good to have, I, I don't call it mindset. If you've been listening to my podcast, you probably know I call it mind flow, because I feel like mm. our mind is always supposed to be flowing and growing. It's not supposed to just be set in us thinking that we know it all. We know what we're, you know, just this is the only way to do things. It's not. There's a lot of different ways to do things. I also love the way you touched before when we were speaking about the fact that you don't see um, yourself as a victim or as, an, no. uh, you know, as things coming like against you. Like same thing with uh, admiring someone who has uh, a lot of finances or is well off or is wealthy, whatever. I'm mm. the exact same way. I've never sat there and was jealous of someone having something, uh, you know, oh my God, why do they have that big house? And I, I just, I don't have time for that. Like my brain doesn't even go there. Right. Um, but yeah. I, and I'm, and I'm Hispanic as well. And I've never felt also like I'm a victim either, you know, even though I've been tried to, people have tried to tell me that I am, yeah. I just, I just am not just not my, that's just not the way my brain works, you know? Um, so growing up for you then, uh, being, you know, uh, interracial, uh, your parents were interracial couple. And uh, of course you are um, interracial, right? So how, how was that for you? I mean, did you find that to be just regular? Yeah, well, well, and here's, here's a weird thing. So I'm going to give your listeners a bit of context, maybe of a different sort of cultures between England and America, because you know, I did grow up in a very sort of white, albeit we were humble. You know, I lived in sort of social housing. We did grow up in a very affluent area. And it's most probably on paper the top sort of four or five towns in the country, in, in the UK. Mm. Uh, you know, it's a very, very affluent um, area. Predominantly, you know, sort of um, um, Caucasian as well, you know, predominantly white. Um, so in my school, I think in my year, I was most probably, I think there's around 120, 130 kids. I've got my, somewhere I've got my um, year, um, yearbook uh, picture of it, but I was the only like black kid in my year. So like 130 kids <laughs> and me. Right. Now, here, and me. Here, and, and me. <laughs> me. And, and now here, here's the weird thing where it's difficult to try. If you get into trouble, they remember you because, you know, you the odd one out. So it was hard to get into trouble and get away with it. But I'm, I'm sure there was, and this is a mindset as well, I'm sure there was, um, and I remember the occasional comment, but I can't really recall 
any difference being treated against me. And if there were, my inner circuit of friends would very quickly come to, to my defense, you know, and that person, you know, would, would be slapped around a little bit or be told, you know, we're not going to stand for that stuff. So right. I, I often find it fascinating and people do when I tell them that, you know, like 120, 130 kids in my year at school, I was a one black kid, but I can't really remember any racism. And I sort of say to people, you know, why do we think that is? Was that because there was 129 families there that had the moral compass and explained the differences you know were, mm. were they were they well educated where they were around it what was it that caused that and we know quite often with kids uh, they don't see different ethnic backgrounds right. until the world tells them you know that you're different and here's the thing is i would say had this conversation on your only the weekend kids do see color you know sometimes when people say i i don't i don't see color you know i think that's the wrong <laughs> thing to say we do of see course. color what what we're saying really what we're saying is that color doesn't change my judgment it doesn't change right. my outcome and then we do it so yeah people did see me as being this brown kid but it didn't change their judgment and and why was that you know a lot of it is it, it is a mentality but when we yes. break through those barriers and when we open up to different different ethnic groups you know you've been hispanic we're all the same deep down i think i've been privileged yeah. to travel to 30 35 different countries uh, what have I surmised in my 43 years? Everyone is trying to live the best life that they can, no matter yeah, where, they, where, they, yeah. where they are. And, you know, I think we often need to, need to remember that if you open yourselves up to different communities, you'll, you'll be surprised how similar you, you really are. So mm -hmm. there were troubling times in my childhood, but, but most often um, I, I've got to say that um, I had a good group of people um, and the weird thing is, particularly when I joined the police, if I did suffer any racism, it was from black people saying, what are you doing? You know, in England, we call them a bounty, sort of white on the inside, black on the out, or brown on the outside. You know, bounty is okay. a chocolate bar. It's got white coconut oh, inside and chocolate on the outside. And I'm like, you know, they'd say you're trying to act white. Well, what does acting white really mean? Look like? Yeah, you know, I get what, that too. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what, what I am is English, you know. Um, and, and I think we need to go back to, to some of that um, stuff. Yeah, so, so it's yeah. Fascinating. fascinating. Yeah, it's fascinating for you too, Simon, because right now you're going, you're raising two boys in this yes. climate that we're in, right? So you have to pour that same beautiful thought process into them so that when they go to school, they're not being bombarded with all of this stuff too, you know, um, yeah. seeing, you know, the, the seeing of different colors, not the problem. The seeing the different color differently is the problem. Right. Yes. So, you know, to raise your boys, um, my, my boys are all grown. And so, um, you know, we raise them like they don't care. They don't care what color you are. You, mm. could be, you can come up to them purple. If you're a good person, yeah. they're good to go. Um, but, you know, I, I'm the same way. I'm like, please don't tell me you're, you don't see color. Of course we see color and color is beautiful. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. And that's the thing. Like, I feel like when somebody says they don't see color, it's almost like they're saying color is bad. Like seeing color is yes. bad. Yeah. You know, and instead of just saying, yeah, OK, it's my brown friend or, you know, whatever, just my friend, period. How about that? You yes, know, yeah. like when people say, oh, where are you from? Oh, Connecticut. No, where are you really from? Connecticut. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know? and, and, and I always say to people and I sort of try and help them out a little bit. And again, this, this is OK. I think we become we become very sensitive surrounding. Well, can I even and someone <laughs> will say to me, you know, where are you from? And I say I'm from England. You know, and, and either I instigate or they come back and say, you know, where's your heritage from? Oh, well, my father's Nigerian, you know, my mum's English. And then I sort of go on to tell them, you know, I've never, I've been to South Africa, but I've never been to Nigeria. 
you know, I mean, Africa is a part of my DNA, it's a part of my heritage, right. but I am English and that's all I um, really, really am, you know, so I think it is, right. we, we, we draw a lot on, um, there's a lot of our identity, my, my youngest son was born here in the US, my older one in England, if you ask okay. the, the, if you ask the true British son who moved here when he was one, where, where he's from, he wants to say America. You ask the younger one that was born in the US where he's from. He loves all things, you know, British. He'll, yeah. he'll say he's English and stuff, you know. And it's just, and, and and we allow him to do that because it's his it's his heritage. It's, it's yeah. finding his identity. It's being defined wider than the color of your skin, you know. And right. we actually we went to a, a nursery, what we call in England like a garden center. And I had like a sort of some food there, and they were selling plants and this stuff of stuff. But there was mostly two, three hundred people there. Uh, my youngest son, he was mostly seven at the time, just before his birthday. He said, Dad, he said, you're the only black person here. And I looked around and he was right. And I said, son, I said, just, just you know, all these white people work for me. You know, and then he burst out, we all, we all burst out laughing. But, but he, he had identified that, whereas me, this is where I said, I don't see myself as a victim. I hadn't even noticed right, that right, right. I was any different than them. I was just a father with his two sons right you know having just having to be a different color than than me so, so yeah. they're lighter so they're lighter than you your boy yes yes so my, yeah. my wife is white so technically they're now like a quarter yeah like a quarter yeah. nigerian right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome good for you and, and that's good you know that says a lot though simon because you're building your own bridge you're doing your own thing and you're not looking at yet another opposition trying to put on you you know what I'm saying like that's how I see it anyway in my life as well like uh you know I guess I've had adversity yes I've gone through things in my life but that's because of life life period it had nothing to do with the Caucasian person the rich person the this person it literally because life is life you know yes Um, and I'm the same way I have my my eye on the prize on the goal you know um which is to really impact people's lives and live a life that's authentic I, I really, that's yeah. really my mission, right? I don't get all the rest of it will come when it comes. Right. So I love that you're um, pouring into young men's lives as well, because you're taking all of that knowledge and, you know, and also like a fresh perspective too. instead of what the media is trying to say, or other things are trying to say your social media and all that, you're actually taking that fresh perspective. Like, no, you make you, you make, yeah. you, you know, yeah. and that's a beautiful thing. So kudos to you on that. Very good. Yeah, well, and even, you know, when I moved here, I joined the police at 19. When I moved to the US, I had a two-year degree. I, and I knew I was lucky because of my background. You know, the British police is still one of the best in the world. I knew those skills were going to afford me in no matter whatever life that I, that I did. Um, but I had to go back to night school and get a degree. And were there times when it was one, two o'clock in the morning and I was writing, you know, essays? Yes. Did I want to be doing that? No, I was in my 30s. But, you know, you've got to constantly right, grow right. and better yourself. It's not as in, hey, what someone's going to give me. You've got to go out and, and work for these these things. Yes, That's um, true. Changing. Yeah. So um, before I let you go, I do want to talk to you just quickly about what you do coach with. What do you, what do you, what is it that you coach? What, what are you doing? Yeah. I know you do podcast coaching, I thought you said, but is there other things? Yeah, and so it's interesting. So, and I have my own unique style of life. You know, it resonates with some people; it, it doesn't with, with others. But, um, and actually, interestingly, recently, a, a woman said to me, "Hey, why don't you coach um, women? Because I think they might resonate with some of the things that you said." I said, "Well, you know, I focus primarily on men because that's the sort of the adversity that I went through, and that's the sort of the skills that I have." Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's the desire of my heart. But really, the, the things that I do, I can sort of coach to, to anyone. 
Um, but large parts of it is looking at, you know, we often ask our, um, you know, what, what is your legacy? What's the legacy that you want to leave, leave behind? Um, but it's something that we normally ask ourselves in our, in our later, later years. And it really ties into this um, sort of the, the mindset of being successful. So I, I sort of start with uh, these young men asking, you know, what is the legacy? When you're, hopefully you're 70, 80, 90 years old or older, what is it that you want to be, to be known for? Mm. Um, and then I, then I then said, okay, well, I want my sons to respect me. I want to be successful. I want to have had my own business. Okay, so that's where you want to be when you're 80. And here you are now, you're 20, 25, 35. What are the things in between them where you're missing? Because you're going to be right. falling short in some of those areas. Um, so really, um, I call it sort of uh, mindset, um, coaching, life coaching, whatever you um, call, um, choose to call it. I think the best experience is just using your life to inspire others. Yep. We then look at, okay, so if you want, to, you want to retire being the CEO of your own company, you don't have a company right now. You know, what's your idea? What's your goal to get there? You know, you want your sons to remember you, but you were the dad that was always there. You know, my dad was at every practice, you know, rain or shine, win or lose. Okay, so um, that's when you're 80. Let's go back to now. Are you doing those things? You know, is your right. phone going and you're, I've got another meeting. And, and some of these things are about myself as well. It's like, okay, yeah. you know, five, five minutes, 15, 20 minutes. So I really coach people to understand, okay, what, what, is, what is the outcome, your, your legacy? Write that down. I don't believe people do that enough in their lives. What, what do we want it to look like, the end story? And yeah. then let's back, let's backfill from there and work out what are, what are those steps. Because you'll find whether it's a dream you know a dream without goals is just a dream but you've mm -hmm. got to put those you've got to put those building blocks in place to get to your legacy otherwise you're going to get there and you're going to feel unfulfilled and unaccomplished um okay. so so what i really help people do is create the mindset um to get where they need to be in in 30 40 years so they're not looking back and saying i've got regrets there's unfulfilled dreams you know what, what, what how are we gonna right. how are we gonna get there um, so, that's fantastic yeah. that's awesome i'm glad that you're doing that i i call that um what's your dash meaning you know if you look on a on a tombstone there's your date of birth and then it's a dash and then the day that you yes. passed and yes. i always say what is that dash though you know what what is yes. your dash you know because um you know you're right i mean at the end of the day what are we doing right what what are you here for why are you here and what do you want to do with that i believe in giftings too i am a woman of faith as well yeah. and you know and i do believe that as well i think we all have a gift i think i really do i really do believe we're born with a gift in a certain way of delivering that gift mm. too because me and you might be speaking the same language but we are going to give this to the world in a totally different way you know yeah, and yeah. i love that i love that that we can be you know like minded but not group think right? I mean, yes, that's a beautiful yes. thing. I love it. So Simon, I want to thank you very much for taking the time yeah. to be with me today. This was really great. A yeah, great conversation. It's been, it has been a great conversation. Almost too short. I mean, you could talk for hours on this, but it's, I, I love <laughs> any time I get a chance to, to share some stories because you know we, we learn through learn through stories. So if people yeah. um, love your podcast, I know I listened to a couple of episodes as I was cutting my, my glass this afternoon, but if they want to check out my podcast, who became yes. podcast, I'd love them to, to do that. But it's been an honor and a privilege to, to be with you. It's been a great thank conversation, you. Nina. 
Everybody has. Thank you. But before I let you go, I do want you to give us all of your social media handles. I want people to follow you because I'm going to put them in the show notes. So sure. So so everything is so I'm on and the big ones are Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Everything is my name, Simon Osamo. Um, I'll say my last name because it's difficult. It's O S A M O H. So everything is at Simon Osamo, and the podcast again is who I became podcast so yeah yes good for you with the podcast i love it and guys thank you so much for being here and being uh, with me and simon i'm going to make sure i link all of his info down below so that you can follow him listen to his podcast support him and reach out to him too you may want to be a young man who wants to really be inspired and and know what it is what that end goal is and how to get there so i encourage you to do that don't forget to like subscribe and share uh, our podcast and we will be here soon with just another human being sharing how to transform your thinking. This is Nina Perez, and this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Until next time. This broadcast is brought to you by Winject Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.